Beautiful music there from Daniel Rawson, um, some solo work of his, but also a member of the band Grizzly Bear and Department of Eagles. And as I mentioned before, I'm so excited because Daniel is joining us for an interview. So I'm going to turn him up. Daniel, are you there? Yeah. I'm here. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for joining me. I am a huge super fan of you and all your work, so this is exciting for me. (laughs) Well, thank you. Yeah. So, um, you know, we're going to talk about the concert that um, you and Grizzly Bear will be doing this Friday down in Santa Fe. Mm -hmm. And uh, before we do that, I think I read that you are relatively new to the Santa Fe area, that you live there now. Is that right? Yeah, uh, my my wife, uh, who's who's been putting these shows together as well, um, yeah, grew up there, and yeah, we moved we moved there a couple years ago. You know, it was it was time to get out of the city for a lot of people, and yeah. we had first we had first kind of moved to the middle of nowhere in upstate New York, where where actually like a lot of that EP was written sort of mm-hmm. way out in the wilds, upstate New York, and then eventually we, yeah, we wanted to move somewhere beautiful that was kind of a halfway point between city city life in the middle of nowhere and Santa Fe is definitely that. So that's beautiful. I love I love being there. Yeah, what's a like daily life there like? I always just picture lots of like artists making art all day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think there's some of that. Uh, you know, it's 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 a sleepy town. It's also very much a, a, honestly kind of a retiree town, but I mean, we we live right up by the hills and we, you know, it's, it's a lot of hiking around in the beautiful mountains and it's it's a it's a slow pace of life. Yeah. For sure. But, uh, yeah, it's been interesting. Awesome. I've been enjoying it. Well, I would love to talk with you about some of your music and your career and stuff like that. But first, I think it'd be great to learn about um, a little bit more about the concert that you guys are going to be doing. It's part of a national initiative called Noise for Now, um, which I believe yeah. was started by your wife. Is that right? Yeah, Amelia uh, started it. We did our, she did the first show last year. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was started in Santa Fe and now it's where the idea is to expand it to different cities. But the idea was, you know, to put on concerts in specific areas of the country where there's, you know, really poor access for women's health services and abortion access and to kind of use the concerts as a, uh, as a point to distribute money to local grassroots organizations. And, um, we did it first in Santa Fe also because it's also just really difficult to get shows there decent mm-hmm. shows to happen at all in santa fe is pretty hard and it's also it happens to be in a location that's a really great spot to distribute from because we're sort you know santa fe and albuquerque have a fair amount of decent you know health services and abortion access but it, we're surrounded by a sea of nothing you know mm-hmm. so it's kind of like a good it's a good spot to do that kind of work from um and it was you know it's the network that we have it's it's the community that I know and the idea was to get people to contribute in the way that we can and that's that's what we can do is we can put 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 music together and put shows on so that's that's that was the idea yeah and that's uh really commendable and great work especially with the impending supreme court uh coming up I think you know women's health services are on a lot of people's minds so yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's like one of those things that's so ubiquitous, and, but it, it can kind of drift in the background because it's just always there in a way, mm-hmm. and people tend to forget about it, you know. Yeah, absolutely. But it's not, it's not. Hopefully, uh, yeah. Anyway, we'll see what happens. But 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, so the performance is actually at the Bridge Patio, which is outside at the Santa Fe Brewing Company. Is that where you guys always have the shows? No, last, I mean, well, the first one was at the Opera House. Oh, nice. Um, and there's also, is it, this year there's a couple shows, but yeah, last year we had Bonnie Vare and TV on the radio and Tune Yards and Lower Dens. It was a big show, mm. um, but we did that at the Opera House. Um, but Grizzly Bear, I mean, we, we've played a lot of theaters. We kind of like playing, I don't know, kind of scrappier, more r- rock concert-like settings, to be quite honest, is sort of more what we prefer to play these days. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know, we kind of like, like the idea of the brewery a little more. It's a little more casual. It's a little more fun as a show experience. Yeah, um, so yeah, that, that was why we decided to do that one there. Great. And so, and also, um, the band A Hawk and A Hacksaw are going to be joining yeah. you. Um, and I read a little bit about them. It features Jeremy mm-hmm. Barnes, who's the drummer for Neutral Milk Hotel. So that's exciting. And yeah, no, they're great. Yeah, um, and so that's... And they're real, like, New Mexico classics, too, you know. They're, like, kind of local heroes in a way. Yeah, the real guys, deal. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. So that's going to be this Friday, and, you know, we're just up here in Boulder and Denver, and, uh, you know, it's like a five-hour drive, so definitely doable for a lot right. of our listeners. <laughs> yeah, I um, mean, if, if anyone wants to make a last-minute road trip, that would be cool. But <laughs> Yeah, you know, a lot of people are doing that more these days with um, Meow Wolf down there and stuff like that. I hear. Right, right. Yeah, so it's a, it's a hot destination. Um, but great. So, um, you know, I wanted to talk with you a little bit about, you know, your music and things like that. And, um, Mm -hmm. I was on your Twitter account and (laughs) found a couple, (laughs) my my dormant Twitter account. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you had a couple interviews up there that, um, that Uh you reposted from the line of Uh best fit and from the creative independent and, Mm-hmm. Uh, the line of best fit was like a look at nine influential influential songs for Grizzly Bear, and then the other one mm-hmm. was just a chat with you. And I I um I learned a lot of really interesting stuff and wanted to touch on some of the things that you said about your early years as a musician. Um, hmm. You grew up playing jazz guitar, um, or you started playing right. jazz guitar at a young age, and um. Mm-hmm. When you went to college, you decided not to major in music. Instead, you majored in linguistics. Is that right? Uh, yeah, that yeah. is what I did. Yeah, and um, <laughs> uh, what was um, yeah, it was what was interesting to me is that a couple of things that you said. One was that you weren't actually that into jazz guitar music. That you know, it was something that no. you were doing a lot. But then also you didn't right. think that there was really a need for another white kid playing jazz guitar, which I totally <laughs> understand. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, sure. a lot of people in that position, I, you know, I imagine that you were like, I know you're a great guitar player, so I'm sure people were, you know, pushing you up and telling you how great you are and you're taking it really seriously. But then to, to kind of, in a sense, drop it when you went to college or not drop it, but not pursue it further in that academic context. Um, was that difficult for you? What was that decision like? Uh, yeah, I'll get it. Was it difficult giving it up? Sorry, sorry, sorry. You broke, it, broke, uh, uh, broke up there for a second. Oh, yeah, sorry. No. Um, yeah, was it a difficult decision, or what was it like to make that decision? Yeah, I mean, at that age, I mean, I was so young, I didn't know what I was going to do with life yet, you know? Um, I, that, that, when I was a teenager, I really just thought of music as 
something that I loved, and I, I was a you know a very active enthusiast. Is kind of how I thought about it. Um, you know, I just really loved listening to music and playing. It was just an extension of appreciating it. You know, I, I didn't have any. Um, I don't know. I, I didn't really have any career ambition to, to be a musician, and I didn't really write music exactly until I was a little bit older than that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I my first experiences making music, aside from just playing jazz, was honestly doing more like cut and paste kind of like hip hop stuff. Was yeah. <laughs> what I did as a teenager, which to me again it was like not. It didn't really exactly feel like right. It wasn't writing music. It was just taking snippets of things that I appreciated. And I, I don't know, in a way, like, I felt like that's how I transitioned to making music was just by really loving it. And just, I, I don't know, it became a need at a certain point to just pursue it. Um, but I had to come to it, I guess I just had to come to it very naturally because I felt like I didn't want to just, I didn't want to pursue it without good reason, I guess. And I, I don't know if it was, this was in any of those interviews, but another thing was like my family history, like my grandfather was in, was in film. He was a director. Mm. And there's been this long line of people in my family that have like pursued mm. theater and or writing and kind of failed and it kind of screwed their life up. Yeah. So oh my gosh. there was a little bit of an, ad, there was kind of an attitude in my family of like, you just shouldn't, just don't pursue the art. Just don't do it. You know, mm. it was like a trap. So yeah. I kind of ha- I had to feel like I had a really good reason to do it. And so it was for me, it was like, I got to just go to school and figure my life out. And, you know, and I wanted to study other things. I still kind of do. You know, I-, I wanted to study language, literature, and philosophy and art history. And, you know, I wanted to have a, a-, a real experience and not yeah. just, you know, go straight to to what I what I did best. But or what I I mean, I didn't even think of it that way, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and and and, and truly, like jazz, yeah, learning jazz, it was you know, it was very academic, it was very cerebral, and I, especially, yeah, after getting out of school, I kind of just wanted to forget all of it and come back to music in a in a fresh, fresh way, and and it took a couple of years of just ignoring it to to get there. Yeah, I mean, it seems like that decision probably is what propelled you into making the music that you make now, which is really great. Uh, yeah, yeah. So um, another thing that you mentioned that it reminded me of something that someone said to me. I was doing some research on a music program at New England Conservatory of Music, um, mm-hmm. talking with a few students there. And one of them, when I was talking to her, she said to me, I wish that I could listen to music in the same way that I did when I was 17. And right. that really resonated with me, and I and I kind of picked up on that in the interviews with you that you were talking a little bit about um, the different parts of our brain that we access at different stages right. of our development, and that when uh-huh. you're you know when you're younger, you're kind of more in touch with the emotional side of your brain, and then that sort of changes over time. So um, I was right. wondering if you could talk a little bit about that and maybe how it's affected your songwriting. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it's, I feel like that's just something that gets more and more difficult as you get older. I mean, I, if, in, in some ways, I guess I think of it like, um, I don't know if you saw that Michael Pollan book that came out recently about psychedelic drugs. And yes, brain. yeah. Uh-huh. There's, a, there's a lot in that book about, you know, kind of how you're, you're, you establish these ruts of thinking the, the more you use your brain and the older you get. And I think, I feel like when, especially when I was really young and when most people are young, like, you know, different parts of your brain just communicate in a more free, naive way 
way without really questioning what's going on. And I feel like, yeah, especially making music and appreciating whatever you're appreciating when you're young, it's just a totally different experience in the mind. It's just much more open and there's much more like just access to everything going on within your brain. And I feel like now it's hard to conjure that experience. I mean, I've struggled with that a lot in the last few years. I feel like kind of hit a wall in, Mm -hmm. I don't know, a few years ago, writing has just become extremely difficult now. Yeah. And I feel like that's part of, part of the reason is that it's like the the kind of logical questioning parts of your brain just really take over in this way that it's tough to, tough to battle that, I guess. But. Yeah. And you also said something about how, you know, being a writer of music and a listener, those experiences are actually not that different for you. Right. And, um, you know, I, I was wondering if you could say a little bit more about that and maybe how that has affected how you write songs right. as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. I, I feel like the best music is written like that, where it's 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 almost like you... I, I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a way of taking ego entirely out of what you're doing, I guess, where you just sort of you hear what anyone else is doing and you hear what you are doing kind of outside yourself if you can, I guess. Like you just, I don't know, want, you know, just wanting to hear what you want to hear and not thinking about it as this is, this is what I'm doing and this is my music and taking kind of the authorship part out of it mm-hmm. um, as much as possible. And I, I don't know, I guess, that's, like I was saying earlier, I feel like my experience being a musician really grew from just loving music. And I, I always thought of myself first as someone that just, I just loved it. It was part of my life that I really valued and making it was just really an extension of just like trying to create something that I wanted to hear. And that's it. It's like as simple as that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess that's how I, why I said that why I think of it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I feel like, I don't know, that's a, that can be a real trap. I think, especially if you have some success, it starts to mess with your ego and then you think people can, you can start thinking that anything you're doing is good just because you're doing it. And that's not, you know, that's not the point. That's not why you should make anything, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think that can be, that can be a bit of a trap for a lot of people. And so yeah, I that's what I meant. Okay, great. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, that, that makes sense. I think it, it makes a lot of sense. I've noticed that throughout my life as I get older, you know, that kind of, overthinking things or something like that at some point but right um uh the other thing so yeah it was really cool to kind of see those songs that were influential for you guys and some of the music that came out of that um it Mm -hmm. it was just really interesting to see i mean you guys have such a unique sound it doesn't i i've always wondered like where does this come from you know like where have they come mm-hmm. up with this these ideas and things like that and it was really sh- like kind of shocking to me to see that you guys are interested in brazilian music um oh that's oh yeah and but yeah, then it sort of made sense major. yeah right and so i like <laughs> does, yeah the more you the, sorry go on no 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 go ahead you go on yeah no i mean I, I, yeah i feel like if the more you expl- explore those classic Records. I mean, I, I still keep finding more of those that feel like records we could have, like would have wanted to make, and I haven't even heard them yet. Like that, that still happens to me. Like, yeah. In that classic period of, of, of you know, best Brazilian music in the early seventies. Yeah. Are there certain but, styles within the Brazilian tradition that you guys gravitate towards more than others? 
I mean, I think it's it's just one of the, it, it's such a perfect combination of like obviously really you know emotional songwriting, but it's there's so much depth in the feel of the music and and there's so much like harmonic complexity. Like it just it seems to take everything that I love about music and it combines it in one one place. But yeah, I mean, especially like yeah, Milton Nascimento and Chico Barque and like those are the really classic great records of the late 60s early 70s still to me are like i can't sometimes i just feel like i I hear those records and i think i should just stop trying (laughs) so much better than anything i'll ever do (laughs) but yeah yeah how did you like first find that music you know it's not normal i think for most people to like stumble upon like 60s brazilian music (laughs) yeah well i think i well there was a compilation that came out i think right i don't know how old you are but uh right when i was middle of college i think this tropicalia compilation came out and was mm-hmm. floating around and i think that introduced a lot of people at least my generation to that music like right around 2001 or two i think it was yep um but that's where i first really heard all that and then from there it's just this yeah so, so there's just so much of it yeah um once you once you break it open yeah but. absolutely um, great. Well, um, you know, th- I wanted, I'll let you go cause I'm sure you have a busy day ahead of you, but, um, I did just want to say thank you again for talking with me and, um, you know, people should look forward to the show that you guys, you and Grizzly Bear will be doing. Yeah. Um, I hope people will come out. It's probably, I will say this, these, this, this run of shows is probably the last shows we're going to do for a very long time so i feel like okay if anybody has a remote inkling of seeing us this is the time because it might be i don't know how long it could be many years so okay so september 14th that's this friday at the bridge patio and actually before i let you go i did want to ask i mean you alluded mm-hmm. to it a little just now but um future future projects for not just grizzly bear but your work with department of eagles and also just your solo work mm-hmm. do you have anything planned well, I'm trying. I, I would like to finish my own record. That's definitely a, a plan. It's been hard, but mm-hmm. uh, that's that's definitely my next goal. I think. Uh, other than that, it's hard. It's hard to say. You know. Yeah. We'll see what comes next. And I, I have one more question <laughs> about. Hmm. Um, so you know, Grizzly Bear, you guys have put out a lot of records at this point. Painted Ruins was the most yeah. recent one last year, which is just a fantastic record. Um, what What do you plan for your live shows now, considering you have such a catalog of music to draw upon? Um, we we really try to touch on everything. I mean, and we, recently we've been I don't know we've been really enjoying playing some of the older tunes. So we I don't know we try to make sure it's a real mix. We don't we don't want to make it all about the new record. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in truth, especially for the for for the reason that these might be like the last shows for a while, we've definitely been, you know, including as many kind of classic old ones that we that we enjoy playing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a real mix. It's the whole it's the whole catalog when we do shows. Great. Well, thank you so much for speaking with me today, Daniel. It's been a real pleasure to talk with you. Yeah. Thank you so much. It was a great uh, kind of pleasantly nerdy interview. I like yeah. That. <laughs> yeah, I kind of nerded out. I was reading all the stuff. I and... like that. <laughs> Good. I'm glad. Um, well, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day and um, hope it's a great show on Friday. And uh, yeah, thank you so much. Great. Yeah. Thank you for talking to me. Appreciate it. All right.